life on the road. It's these tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and these fights, cancel flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. To do a test, I have to do a test. That sounds good, right? That sounds good. Check one two check check one two testing testing check 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 I got it we're good but okay yeah maybe project a little bit well hello darling all right I'm just gonna start so I don't know what's going on. Is it cool? Hey, Phil, can I start? You are good to go when you're ready. All right. Um, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Road Stories podcast, everybody. Thank you so much uh, for coming to Palm Springs Comic. Wow. Palm Springs Comic Con. Now, this is weird. For those of you that don't know, this is the Road Stories podcast. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian, as Eddie Pence. You all know who Phil Lamar is. What? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's weird that I'm talking into a microphone that is not projecting out to the room, right? That's a little it's weird very right strange. Now. So, like, I could do this this it wouldn't matter to you but it does matter to the people at home so i want to thank you guys for coming out i want to thank uh phil vecchio am i pronouncing that right for having me on the podcast panels here and uh, cheryl jones and uh, asking me to do this show i appreciate it i as you guys know i am an advocate of podcasting i've been doing it for 10 years and i'm happy uh to be part of it so this is live from Palm Springs, my first Comic Con. I have very two very special guests, stand up comedian. Anybody listen to K Rock in here? Yeah. There you go, uh, Eddie Pence. Hi, how's everybody? This is Eddie Pence. He was on K Rock's uh, April Foolishness. Yes, I won the April Foolishness contest or something. Where I was that? At? The forum. It was Where like was two it? years ago. It was at the shrine. I was last year. No, it was two years. Eddie and I two don't years? talk much I don't know. anymore. Uh, <laughs> it's it's. We uh, don't talk anymore. <laughs> But I, you guys sounded a lot louder than the amount of people that are actually in here. So good for you guys, right? Like it sounded like a full room when we started the podcast. Isn't that crazy? Wow! Just thanks for telling but, nobody. Well, it's a small room. It's a small room. It's a very tiny, <laughs> tiny room. You couldn't put more people. It get hot if more people were in. Here. <laughs> and nobody wants. Nobody comes to Palm Springs for heat. <laughs> no, yeah. you want out of the heat. You want out of the heat. Fire marshal in. And then, of course, I I I I I couldn't I I just scant, like skimmed the the Palm Springs website to see who who I might know down here, being uh, somebody who knows people, and uh, <laughs> I saw my uh, old buddy Phil Lamar was going to yes. be down here, and so I asked if he'd come in and sit in for a few minutes. And thank you so much. I know you're one of the main draws here, so I appreciate it. Oh no, it. thank you. It's it's funny because uh, when I pulled up your number uh-huh. to text you and say I was coming, it still had. In and you know, like uh, you know, Murray Valeriano, and it's a platonic Tom. Oh, as your um, you know, uh, care company. Oh, that's oh, that's hilarious. Oh, yes, because I directed uh, Murray in a show. I don't even want to do the math on how I know, long ago. I know, I know, I know. I've, I, I cringed when I said I've been doing this show for 10 years, and it was before that. Oh, yes. <laughs> damn. Before but, that. yeah, Phil, I was telling my friend Darcy about this. Uh, check out the, the comics on this uh, show, right? Right. Me. Uh, <laughs> joke never gets old. Uh, Phil Lamar directing. Uh, 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 Chris Hardwick. Mm-hmm. Greg Barrett. Mm-hmm. Stephanie Courtney, right. who is Flo the Progressive Girl. 
uh, Maria Bramford, Bamford. Maria Bamford. Duh, can't forget Bamford. Uh, Blanca Patch at one point, I yep. think. When yeah, it was just there. a great, yeah. great show. I it, was, it was so much yeah, fun. It's funny because like every once in a while you'll hear an old Hollywood story about there was a picture, you know, <laughs> in 1928. There was a young Cary Grant. It was before and Lucille Ball when she was still a brunette. <laughs> you know, this was that yeah. for, you know, Alt comedy in the <laughs> right 90s. in the nineties, yeah. It was at this great little uh, HBO had a little workspace that you could. Try was that stuff next to the out. Improv? Right next to the, the old HBO workspace next to the Improv? No, it no. was. Um, God, what was it? It was it off, off Melrose, like in was, a very there, like post production yeah, area. Oh, really? of Los Angeles. There. Yeah, I don't remember those. But one of the things that was a long time ago, <laughs> super long, man. Well, and I don't think any uh, shows ever came out of that workspace to HBO. I don't think. No, no. They did yeah. a series of one man shows and. We all know how those go, <laughs> and that's what that's what killed the workspace, I think. Exactly. But I was as I was thinking back on on meeting Phil and doing that show, I remembered one story in this in this play. My character, Platonic Tom, had oh now I sound like those fucking actors I hate. Uh, my character, <laughs> well, what Tom. was your character? What was your motivation for Platonic Tom? Uh, got okay, a Mr. Dinner. <laughs> got a lap dance from right. Chris McGaha. Yes, right. Chris McGaha, who's married to Eben Schletter, for you podcast fans who does spontaneation. 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 Yeah. Have you ever done that? I have. Oh, of course. Yeah. And um, so, but Chris McGaha had never given a lap dance to her credit, <laughs> and I don't think has ever been in a strip club. Right. No. So she, she had never been in a strip club, and so. Let me rewind back to uh, before I started performing. I was waiting tables at a restaurant, and there, we had a manager, and this guy was great. His name was David X. And <laughs> Is that was, spelled out or just Just, X? just the one X, man. And he was just felt and ripped black dude, and he wore wetsuits <laughs> as clothing. Like, he would walk in, and he'd be in a full, like, wetsuit and with sneakers. And he, so he would just... Was he a superhero? He looked like a superhero. He wouldn't... He, he, he may have been a superhero. <laughs> Who's very bad at the secret yeah. identity just, part. He's right, like, right, right. I can't figure that part out, but yeah, I got the superhero. Super- I couldn't find a phone booth. Oh, well, I guess I'll just go to work. <laughs> and superheroes shouldn't have business cards either. <laughs> but he was just this very intriguing character. Like, when you called him, his voicemail would be like, you have reached David X Vision. Rejected. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll sound great, though, it'll on the podcast. Yeah. It's going to sound amazing on the it'll podcast. Instant stand-up comic react to cover the microphone to do a voice. Okay. Um, so David X and he was and he wore wetsuits and, and he, so he was ripped because wetsuits are hot and Los Angeles is hot <laughs> so he had like zero body fat on him and I is that why he was wearing the wetsuit I just think to shred so. because, because he could so. because, because he could and he would stay ripped and he'd walk to work and he'd be in a rash guard one day and like a full body suit the next day and the, like just the top one day anyway so he's just this weird dude and he moved out and but he's just one of those guys who shows up in your life you know, they just show up in your life like, oh, David Eck, where do you come from? So cut to uh, somebody has the great idea, back to the, our play, Phil, right. to go to a strip club to, to, show, Chris to show Chris how, how to, to do a lap dance. You got to do research, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's and so, why we all became actors, so that we could have <laughs> excuses to go to strip clubs. You write it off, too. Right. So it was Total me, Phil, Chris, some other girl, in the, probably the girl who did it, Allie. Right, right, yeah. Probably Allie, Allie and maybe her friend... Uh, I'm blanking on her name right now. And uh, I remember they were giving us... Corinne. Yeah, they were giving us all... Sh- giving me all crap. I see there's a kid in the room. Um, <laughs> he already dropped oh, the F-bomb. And I'm all talking about a strip club. What? <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I can say Dude, strip. he grew up with the internet. He's okay, fine. Okay, yeah, it's true. <laughs> so they're giving me all this guff about... Uh, 
Guff about, backwards. Oh, Murr, if you, you, you've been in so many strip clubs. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not really a strip club guy. And that's true. I'm not, right. They've heard me talk on the show. I'm not a strip club guy. I don't really. Even when I was single, I didn't go to strip clubs very often. I always mm, felt a little dirty. And, and I'm like, oh, right, you go to strip clubs all the time. No, no, I don't. I don't go to strip <laughs> You have an Italian name. Of course you go to strip clubs. Somebody's protesting too much, yeah, I think. All the, yeah, all the girls are like, oh, yeah, right, right, right. I'm like, I swear I'm not. We walk in. We pay the cover. We walk in. Freaking David X. <laughs> and all the girls are like, I knew you. I'm like, no, 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 the one person I know in the strip club it's is the a guy. One in a million chance. <laughs> Out of hilarious. all the strip clubs and all the right. joints. And the bartender's like, the usual? And you're like, <laughs> damn. I'm an actor like, reaching uh, my motivation. Like, hey, your locker's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Murray, someone parked in your spot. We'll get him to toad right away. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to ask you because um, I, I I know you through that, but I want to talk to you about your ask you about your uh, improv group in college. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, Phil, we know background was is it Yale or Harvard? I was I went to Yale for college. Yale for college, and then you went through the groundlings, right? Yep. You became a groundling, and then Mad TV, and then everything else that's great that happened in the '90s on up. <laughs> Pretty much, um, but yeah. I want to talk to you about this because I, I, I don't get a lot of uh, sketch and improvisers on here, which I, I get a lot of requests for. So yeah. no, I mean it's funny because I started doing improv sophomore year of college because a buddy of mine from Chicago had spent the summer um, taking classes at Second City and doing in- workshops at Improv Olympic with Del Close. Oh wow! And Del at that this was 1985. Dell at that time had just, you know, coalesced this concept he'd been working on of a long form uh, improv thing called the Herald. Mm-hmm. And now there were Herald teams at Improv Olympic in Chicago. And this buddy of mine brought it to Yale and said, hey, let's form an improv group and we can do this thing called the Herald. Now, the difference is everybody in Chicago was watching other Herald teams and or talking to Dell or whatever. We learned it like two times removed. Oh, right, of course. He's, he's <laughs> a copy sat, of a copy of a copy. Right. <laughs> he sat down and wrote and drew us, and it's like, well, it's like three intersecting circles, and then they come in, you know, like... The bootleg Herald. Well, yeah. exactly, exactly. And the Herald is hard enough to perform oh, we both when you, IO, when you know exactly right. what it is, and Del Close is sitting there telling you what it is. Right. I couldn't imagine trying to pick up the concept three generations removed. Right. Can you imagine? I mean, yeah. So it was, it was really interesting because... We just basically approached it, you know, from this analytical, th- you know, but we also w- were 19 right. and had that, you know, invulnerability of idiocy. Sure, yeah. We're like, whoa. <laughs> we had to do the group of game. Course, of course group we game can time. do we it. Can, we had to do the group game right now. Right. No, no one ever, it never occurred to anybody that maybe we can't. Right, right. So we started doing, and then we started performing heralds around college. Oh, you know? that's cool. Wow. And, so you went full on long yeah. form, because I got started uh, doing, uh, Short form, like uh, was Spolin, Spolin. Oh yeah, yeah, the games, the games, the theater games. Yeah, I hated it. I hated it, and then I ended up doing um, a a long form play with uh, James Grace, really, and uh, Teresa Mulligan. I don't know if you know those guys from IO, and. I, I said, oh, you could do this? Right. <laughs> and that's what I I don't have to be IO funny every 30 form. seconds? This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, long, yeah. yeah, long form is much more fun and much harder. Definitely. It was, it, especially at that time in, in life. Because, I mean, we, were, we would do an act of games mm-hmm. and an act of a herald. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people didn't really know. I mean, 
improv wasn't as widespread as it is now, but people definitely at that time didn't know long form. Right. So we would double it up. And, but yeah, the Herald was definitely the thing that we responded to because it had this philosophical you know, <laughs> underpinnings. And it was like, this isn't just theater. This is life. Because <laughs> you're 19. Right, of course. With a like, two-drink minimum. I'm going to live my life according to the rule of threes. <laughs> you know? And so you probably did, like, theaters, little theaters and stuff like that, right? Did you have the... Yeah, yeah. Okay. We would, uh, you know, did, uh, dining halls, yeah. little theater, black box theaters. All right. I did, because when I was doing games, I did, I did the Ice House Comedy Club every Saturday night to drunk people. You did improv in a stand-up In, in, a, in a comedy Ugh. club. And... Ugh. A couple Ugh. things I learned is when you're in an uh, alcohol atmosphere and you ask for a suggestion of an oh, occupation, God. don't it's do that. Always gonna be gynecologist. Don't do right. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's always gonna be gynecologist. Every yeah, even if you've already even oh, if yeah. you take it. Gynecologist again. Right. <laughs> Give me a location. Gynecologist. Office. Oh my god. You know, I think because I started doing improv at a young age is part of the reason I never did stand-up. Oh yeah? Because after going through this, like, yes. The audience and us are partners in creating this right. moment on stage. No, stand-up, they're the enemy. Exactly. <laughs> the crowd exactly. is the enemy in stand-up. Right, you know, that's like being a, being, growing yes. up in a monastery, yeah. and then it's like, I'm going to be a gladiator. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's the big difference. Right. The audience is not on your side. No. no, no. But it's, it's fun to do stand-up for an improv crowd. It's amazing yes. to stand up for an improv Because they're all leaning forward. And they, they laugh want at you. everything. Exactly. Like, oh, this is great. I can't believe you're doing this. <laughs> you're up there talking by yourself. <laughs> so brave. <laughs> but you do improv for a stand-up crowd. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Now the- Impro- all right, for those of you who don't know, improv and stand-up are mortal enemies. Like, they... <laughs> don't like each other at all. It's, it's a weird, weird situation. But a lot of people don't realize that, especially like if you're a comedic actor or an improviser or something, someone says, oh, you do comedy? You should come do some of your comedy for us. Yeah. <laughs> no, do you have a script and a set? Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would love to. <laughs> no, just you know, come up and do, make, do be funny. Right. Well, they also they think that about stand-up, too. Right. Not just, not just doing your character act. They think, oh, you, oh, you want to do... Because I've, like... The, la- the worst thing that can happen to me as a stand-up, I don't know about you, Eddie, is if you're at a wedding and the DJ <gasps> finds out you're a comic. Oh, really? Oh, well, I'm not the funniest guy up here. I'm just playing the music, but we got Eddie Pence. <laughs> <Dude. laughs> I, I, I had someone just randomly message me on Facebook from New Jersey. I don't know the guy. He just, I guess he was a fan or whatever. And he messaged me. He's like, hey, in November, how much would it cost for you to fly out and do 45 minutes of stand-up at my wedding reception? Name your price. And I'm like, delete. <laughs> like, there's no amount of money worth oh my God. doing stand-up at a wedding or something. Was that somebody you knew? No. What? Just some random guy. Hey, man, I'm big fan. How much would it cost for you to come ruin my re- wedding? <laughs> <laughs> what can I pay you to come take a big pile of crap in the oh, middle of my man. wedding reception? That's crazy. Because I mean, that- people don't care. At a very, they, people want to dance and socialize, not right. sit there and watch somebody. That is the worst idea it's ever. awful. As and said people, many times. And you didn't take the money. No, I delete. I Good for you. you. I I would have taken the money. It's like I don't do stand up. I've done enough of bad ones. Send it. Send it. Uh, send the money first. <laughs> a, ba- a bag in cash, just like Chuck Berry. Made out to cash. <laughs> greasy paper bag and no refunds. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, my God. That, yeah, that does sound like a nightmare. Oh, it's awful. Especially for people you don't know. For people you don't know at a what? wedding reception. It's what just do they expect you to do? Than doing it for people you do know at a wedding reception. Also, yes. Okay. Well, but it's just, but see, but then at least you could, you could, 
then it's not even stand-up. Then it's just like you know, you a toast or a roast You can kind roast of. people then. Right. But. True, 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 true. But yeah, if you just have to do you like fly your, across the country your tonight show 15 wedding. minutes right. oh. for like random people. Oh. They get that with sketch and improv though, don't they, Phil? Don't you get did you ever tour with Groundlings or Well yeah, the Groundlings used to do industrials. Okay. And yeah, that was I mean, you just had to understand that it, it is neither comedy nor theater nor improv. Right. It is being in front of people for money. Yeah. 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 Here's my lot of time. I have to stand up here mm-hmm. for you to stare at me, and then I will get paid, and then we can go home and pretend none of this ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's exactly. what it is. Oh, but, but you also have to say the name of the manager four times. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> I did a, about six years ago, I did a Christmas uh, comp corporate gig. Uh, in Long Beach for, uh, it was like some software company and like all the business heads from Japan were there. <laughs> so half the audience didn't speak English. Oh, wow. The other half was like the the, the dock workers, like the like <laughs> like the blue collar, right, right, middle America red meat guys. Oh my! So God. that's the two people. And then the Spanish, the the, Sp- the Japanese guy gets up before the show starts mm-hmm. and he gives a big speech. Saying uh, our profit, he had a translator. Our profits have been low. Um, we need to bring numbers up for the next quarter, or there's going to be some uh, changes, possibly some layoffs. Enjoy your show. No. And then I come up and I do stand up for all the angry white guys, and then the Japanese people that don't understand me. Wow, that <laughs> for did, thirty did, minutes. Did you get a laugh? No. Mostly because people didn't know what I was saying, and the other people were they were gonna, not going to have jobs come New Year's. Oh my God! Well, see, you no, know, what you what you needed right there was like George Wallace's act, like an act yeah. that it really doesn't matter what you're saying. Yeah, just sound funny. Right, exactly. So at least, at least the Japanese will. Yeah. Laugh. <laughs> oh, he's <laughs> animated. Right, exactly. Sorry, I almost did a bad Japanese impression. <laughs> I apologize. It almost came out and I swallowed. Can't it. do it now. Can't do it. Not in this, not in this millennium. Not in this climate, no. <laughs> not this white guy. Can't do that. I, opened for, I think I've told the story a thousand times on his show, but I opened for John Witherspoon. You should talk about really? opening, you know, just acting funny or just sounding funny. Right. Uh, first of all, he only had white guys open for him. <laughs> that, was his, that was his role. The really? called and said, hey, you want to open for John Witherspoon this weekend? I'm like, yeah, Emily, you know, I'm white, right? And she's like, yeah, because it was at Ontario, which is... Uh, an urban club, they call it in the business. Okay. So, oh, that's so and funny. So, yeah, he's like, I only want white guys. I'm like, all right. And his, he was kind of that George Wallace. But first of all, it was 30 minutes of lines from his movies. <laughs> <laughs> and they loved it. Of they course. They loved it. It ate it up. And he was See, I thought you were going to say he starts with 10 minutes just dissing the white boy. What was that white boy doing over here? Did you, you hear him? <laughs> See, Don't for that first part of your that. story, I thought you were saying you were talking about Jonathan Winters. <laughs> totally. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Why would Jonathan Winters only want white Jonathan guys? Winters was huge was with, the black, with black audiences. Know. And only wanted a white <laughs> Then Witherspoon, I'm okay, Friday, I got well, it. Obviously, that's funny. Yes, Jonathan Winters, I only want white comics. <laughs> I don't want any of them. I'm like, why? That's this hilarious. Like... The secret Jonathan Winters. <laughs> <laughs> and which is totally He only plays Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> It's totally acceptable for Witherspoon to ask for only white openers and not acceptable for Jonathan Winters to ask for white openers. That's so funny. Oh, my God. My brain's fried. Did you get a chance to meet Jonathan Winters? No, never did. I, SAG had a, a Q&A with him years ago, years ago. Really? And I, when I never go to those things. I don't even pay my dues. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to go to that because that was Jonathan Winters on The Tonight Show when I was growing up. My dad and I, that was like, you know, oh. he's on Wednesday night, Mark. I'm like, all right, I'm there, buddy. You know, and then... We fought the rest of the time. Um, <laughs> but he did a Q&A, and the, and the 
attended better than this. And, uh, <laughs> no, small room. This is a, little a small bit. room. A little bit. Tiny room. And he tiny, walked in, and room. the moderator said, hey, Jonathan, how you doing? 35 minutes later, he got a question, <laughs> and he just went. It was the most just amazing goes, right? thing. And he was, you know, this was a, year, a few years ago, so it was, he was up there in age. So, wow. But he was still on fire and just... I'm off on a tangent forever. It's so great to watch. I love that. There, I mean, because there really is something about the the performing thing that that works regardless of age. I mean, I remember uh, Rodney Dangerfield came to do Mad TV once because uh-huh. there was that one season that we were trying to be Saturday Night Live, and <laughs> we had comics on, and you'd you know they were setting up cameras and whatnot, and he was sitting there, and he looked like an old man in a retirement home, just like the things. You know, like that, that blank stare, mm-hmm. everything's sagging. And then they brought out the mic stand, set it there. It's like, okay, Rodney, um, just do a little bit of your act for, um, you know, for sound. And he's like, mm-hmm. the minute his hand touched the mic, just the switch, 20 years falls wow. off of it. Like, hey, I gotta tell you, like all of this energy. It's like, did they wire the mic I heard electricity? Uh, <laughs> I heard Don Rickles was like that too. He would just lay there like that. And then time for stage time, he'd just stand up and be Don Rickles. Right. And then he would just... Slump back down wow. like an animatronic at Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's apparently that's the way uh, the late great Glenn Campbell was toward the end of his Alzheimer's. Well, that's that's the way I parent. <laughs> so <laughs> I just slump down until I'm needed. Right. So you hear someone cry and then, then you wake up. Slump back up. <laughs> By the way, I was trying to think who can I get to who can I sucker to drive out to Palm Springs on a Saturday comic to do my show again. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, oh, Eddie's got an eight-year-old. He'll love Comic-Con. He's in the the Lego room down the hallway. (laughs) You brought him? Yeah, he's not in the... Nice. He made it a whole family experience. Very smart. You brought the whole family out? Yeah, except we had to park two miles away and walk (gasps) in 140 degrees. Oh, my God. So, How how did this area ever... Don't know. Don't know. I'm driving out here. I'm like, I just see the temperature in the car just crazy. Who stopped? Who was the first person to get here and go, yeah, let's stop here? Bob Hope did this? This is Bob Hope's fault? (laughs) (laughs) And Sonny Bono. That's right. Well, he should have stayed in the hot desert. <laughs> oh, does he? See, thank you. Thank you for doing it. You, you saved me from doing a ski into a palm tree joke. For a while, I wasn't like, was that him or not? I'll just throw it out there. <laughs> really? I'm burying bodies? And like, uh, Frank we're, spending so, we're spending so much time here. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> um, the Auschwitz podcast is next door. You walked into the wrong room. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, I heard like it was like Sinatra. Girls, girls. Sinatra had a house out here or something like yeah, that, right? Like oh, yeah. yeah. Or something like that. But he could afford air conditioning. Exactly. Even back before there was. was yeah. Like, yeah. He's had people bowls of ice blowing on Right, exactly. <laughs> Not too much. I don't want mist. How many Comic Cons have you done? Or have you. Is, um, the, over the last couple of years, I've been averaging like seven a year. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's weird. I mean, it's been sort of an explosion of it. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, I credit most of it to nostalgia. Sure. Cause for which? For a bunch of stuff. Okay. Like, cause basically like Mad TV was late eighties. Mm-hmm. I started doing cartoons right towards the end of that early two thousands. So basically all those people that were kids then are now adults with disposable income. Right. Mm. And so, like, now it's worth somebody's, you know, while to 
pay me to come out there. Sure, sure. You know, for people like, oh my God, I remember you when I was a kid. Which, <laughs> basically I'm being paid to have people tell me I'm old. Right. That's, that's what the money is for. It's like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you were my childhood. I'm so glad you're still alive. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but is there, all right, let's clean it up, kids. But is there one particular character they always say? Um, there's a combination. There's... Um, in the Comic-Con world, there, I did a Justice League cartoon, okay. so I've got the superhero thing, which is now blown up, and then there was Futurama, sure. the, uh, the second Matt Groening show, which yeah. is... He's a fan. Yeah, which is like, you know, like a fandom nexus, mm -hmm. because it's a cartoon, and cartoon fandom, you know, anything you watch when you're a kid that imprints on you like that, you just love. And I think there's also something about voices mm -hmm. that just trigger for us. Like, your mom is not... She doesn't sound the same now as she did when she was a kid. She's grown. She's aged. But in your head, she does. Right. Like when she says something like, what? You, you shrink, you know? <laughs> and it's, there's, there's a similar thing when, it's you know. It's a sense memory just yeah, drops you back. Yeah, you do this, you know, I do a character that somebody watched when they were a kid, and it's really weird. They have mm. this, like, visceral response to it. You oh, know? that's great. And it's, it's, it's fun. You I'm know? kind of experienced. I have a five-year-old now, so I'm kind of experiencing that, watching old Bugs Bunny cartoons right. and stuff like that and loving every minute of it. Yeah, like Finding the racist stuff in it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, kinda just, it's hard to find those now. They kind of buried those. No, no. Some are hard to find. There is a, oh, YouTube, yeah. There's you a, find a, yeah, you can find them on YouTube. And there's a website that lists off all, all of the, the banned oh, cartoons. No, just the name of the cartoons oh, so you can click on it and watch it. I bought one on iTunes, and it's the one where... Uh, there's, it's the Mason-Dixon line, and it's like all war-ravaged oh, on the on south, right. and Bugs Bunny's on the north, and it's all green. Oh, and then interesting. And Yosemite Sam's on the other side. And at one point, Bugs Bunny puts on blackface right. and plays a banjo. Oh, my God. And then Yosemite uh, Sam rips off the banjo strings and starts... Whipping, whipping him up. Or starts whipping at him. Right. He runs away. I'm like, what am I watching? My kid is watching this. Right. i got to explain... And that was actually available on iTunes. It's still there. That's we just crazy. bought it like two a month ago or two months there, ago. Because there was one. It's still there. There was one cartoon from that that Looney Tunes era, or maybe that was Mary Melodies. I, like they were they were both They're the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's like but there's, Mary Melodies eras on the side more of the races. <laughs> Looney Tunes <laughs> is more modern. That's what it was. But it, yeah, because because it was a it was probably a Mary Melodies because it didn't have any of the iconic characters. Right. But it was this. It was a, there was it was about a minor bird and a little African jungle boy. And and it's yeah. banned. It's yeah. banned now. You can't oh, yeah, find yeah, it yeah, anywhere right. because of the portrayal. I remember that one. Because yeah, he I had he one. had the great big lips and you know Gee. like you know bones in his hair. But it was such a great cartoon. There was no dialogue at all, and there was just a little minor bird and the music that would play when he would go by, and he would like have a little weird hop. And it was the kid trying to hunt the minor bird. It was a great cartoon, right. but because sure you know Pickaninnies. It is right. no longer available, but yeah. I, it's amazing that that one that is. That one's still available. It's on iTunes. This I was watching. Like, oh I was talking because I, I was scrolling down. I'm like, oh, Waikiki Wabbit. We'll watch that. No, right. blah blah blah. We'll watch that. And then I read uh, Bugs Nips the Nips. Yes. Oh, we're gonna scam past that one, <laughs> <laughs> right? We're just gonna go watch the next one. Yeah, all the all the war, oh the, the wartime stuff. Yeah, I mean, especially oh, yeah. the, the the Japanese imagery. Oddly enough, the German imagery, just of Hitler. <laughs> but there, yeah. there there was no like, you know, iconic. You know, right. German propaganda. It's like, well, the Germans look just like us. Let's let's do another Japanese poster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love drawing teeth. <laughs> you know, they uh, hate drawing eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> really, you didn't do the Asian accent, but you know that. that's that's how we're, do, we're, do, we're doing a racist character. 
From the forties. He opened the door. I just walked through it. it but I'm I'm black, Eddie. <laughs> but I, 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 I can say it. back your blackness into the <laughs> racist joke. No such thing as racism. Wake. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Is, this is good. Damn it. I've always been wanting to close out my show with uh, a monologue from Song of the South. So it works out. <laughs> oh, last time I was at Disneyland, it broke. Uh, uh, thunder, uh, Splash Mountain broke right really? next to Bear uh, Fox. Really? Up, and he was just laughing for a half an hour in my ear. <laughs> I have it on my phone, a half hour oh video. I was God. just sitting there going, I'm going to get all of this. That's hilarious. You have any, I haven't talked to you in so long. Do you have any kids or are you married? What's up? Yeah, um, I've got a 16-year-old and a 12-year-old. Awesome. And, yeah, and a wife. <laughs> okay, all right. I suppose I should have let off with that, right? <laughs> um, but you know how it is. Once you have the kids. It's the kids. You're, you're a parent first and a husband second. Oh, right. You oh, know. man. I, when I, my wife had our son, Frank. I, I walked into the, ho- <laughs> the hospital room. I'm like, oh, that's what love looks like. Right. Like, like I thought this, no. <laughs> I thought it was between you and me. No, okay, I got you now. Exactly. I'll be over here on short stop. <laughs> right, right. I made a sports reference. I'm looking like you, <laughs> I like you've listened to my show before. I don't know why I'm telling you these people this, but I don't know anything about sports. So that was my listener. <laughs> he doesn't know the that. sports games. I don't, I don't. But I say uh, yeah, I was trying to place a oh, shortstop thing. I was like, how does that make sense? It doesn't. It doesn't. But so 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 basically, Murray, I need to hang out with you tonight. Oh yeah. Because I'm not watching the fight either. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that fight is tonight, is I didn't know. Right. I don't yeah. watch fights. I watch sports. Exactly. <laughs> See, somebody, somebody put a, a picture of who's fighting tonight? Uh, the, the, wife, the wife beater or the racist? Right, right, right. <laughs> which one's which? See, now that would have been a great 40s poster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but some, I don't know, Connor Oberst? What's his name? <laughs> like Connor, I know it's McGregor. Connor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. All right, so, Connor, so he's, he had a picture of Connor McGregor like holding his kid uh-huh. and then a picture of Floyd Mayweather throwing dollars at a stripper. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm sure they'll both class it up when they beat the shit out of each other. For right, exactly. Out. Like, what are you trying to say? What are you like? <laughs> I love this. No, no, I'm rooting for the good guy in yeah, this fight. Yeah, like, I'm, rooting, I'm rooting for really? the good guy to beat the shit out yeah. of another guy for money. Which, which millionaire asshole are you rooting for? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I can't decide. <sighs> we can say that because they're not here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or within arm's reach. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Although actually, if a professional fighter hits you, you're rich, right? Yeah, if, so. if you sur- if you survive, you're rich, yeah. right? You can sue them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like, you just, yeah, right. just take the prize fight anyway and just fight, and you know you're going to get killed, but you're going to make right a hundred million for falling million down. For falling I down. might watch boxing if that happened. <laughs> you're, exactly. <laughs> like Eddie Pence could say, "Hey, oh, I'll do yeah. it for one point three. Right? And, you know, Phil says one point one. We'll go with Phil, and then I'll just watch. I'll watch an amateur get their butt kicked. Exactly. Think of I'll take that pounding. Exactly. I didn't mean to say it that way. That was <laughs> that came you, out totally the wrong way. See, well, with the internet, you certainly can't make a hundred million no, doing that. No, yeah. not, not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. In the olden times. Nineteen eighty-five. I could. Right. Not anymore. <laughs> Do your kids dig the the vo- like the cartoons and stuff you've been involved in? Do you think it's cool? I know that's such a hack hosting. No, well, ask. not really. Um, my, not really my, it's hack or not really your kids? Uh, it's, it's not really hack and okay. not really my kids, both. <laughs> um, no, my, my daughter has no interest whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I bought her one Wonder Woman thing because she's, you know, a young feminist. And after that, there was no interest. Okay. Her, 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 she loves to read um, historical fiction. Oh, okay. So, like, you know, it's like, yeah, I tried the first, Harry, first two Harry Potters. Yeah. 
Didn't so like, happen. I can never find her anything at these conventions. Right. But my son just, as he went into high school, like discovered the CW shows mm-hmm. and decided what I did was kind of cool. I only realized because, you know, he said, Dad, are we going to San Diego Comic-Con this year? And of course I decided, oh my God, what a nightmare. It's so huge. I can't take it anymore. I'm never, this is the year I'm not going. And then my son says it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. suddenly a chance to be the cool dad. <laughs> right, right. Sure, son. The let me let me the make cradle a phone. In the silver <laughs> <seven>. Exactly. <laughs> the cats in Hall H. <laughs> but yes, oh, that's f- cool. now he finally has a little bit of interest. Boy, that I went to one Comic Con before this, and it was San Diego, oh. and it was I got I, I didn't even experience the worst part because my buddy was my she's a girl. Can I call her a buddy? You can uh, she, a today. You can okay. In this, in this day and age. <laughs> she was in uh, House, not House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's, Devil's Rejects. And oh. so she brought us down for that. And Brian nice. Pesain, stand-up comic, was in it. And Doug Benson was there. And, cool. and oh, then we nice. got to go to a Rob Zombie concert. Nice. Private Rob Zombie concert at House of Blues. And that was rad. And I'm like, Comic-Con is awesome. <laughs> 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 and then we went back the next day because the premiere was the night in the concert. And we had to go through everything. And then like, you oh, were God, civilian. It's kind of a nightmare. <laughs> See, that was, that was my plan for Disneyland and my kids. Yeah. Like, I put it off Disneyland. Is, one, I'm like, we're not going if I have to carry anybody. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we waited until... Under five. No. no not Never happened. under five. When the youngest was, like, six, like, all right, she can walk the whole time. And I, I have a buddy who works for Disney. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, if, I, if this wor- plays out right, I only have to go to Disneyland twice. Oh. Because... This guy got us the guide. Right, right. You know, like the full-on VIP sure, treatment. Yeah. We, like, skipped every line. Got to go backstage and meet Mickey. You know, all of, you know, it's like, right, yeah. the princesses come over to your table. You know, you know, the best possible way. So I figured we go like that once, mm-hmm. and then you go like a regular person, <laughs> yeah. and then my kids and will never, ever want to go again. Oh. It's like, this is hot, and it sucks, and it takes forever, and we don't get to ride every ride. Forget it. Excellent. What a great Smart. Plan. Didn't I have, work. I have a one also. Didn't work? Didn't work? No. The power of Disney was too great. It's, oh. it's powerful. It is powerful. Oh. Yeah. I have my plan to go only twice. I have one also. Good. Is my wife's from Florida. So oh. we're going to wait. We're going to take him to Disney World. Nice. First. And then when he comes to Disneyland and sees Cinderella's t- neck tattoo down there <laughs> in Anaheim, <laughs> he's never going to want to step foot in that place again. So that's my plan. Good plan. Good plan. I, I hope it works. Disneyland. How old is your kid? Eight now? Mine? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. eight. He's eight. He's running around here somewhere. Is he loving this stuff? He loved, like, he wanted to, uh, he met. He loves the, all the Harley Quinns. Loves He's the Harley really Quinns. into the He's really into the, the wedgies. He loves the wedgies. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he was, we were going, and he, met, he wanted to meet uh, the voice of Wacko. Yes. And, like, I took him up there, because I introduced him to Animaniacs. So it's on Netflix now, and he loves Animaniacs. And, he, and the guy started talking in Wacko's voice to him, and it had that same effect on me. Right. When you, I was like, oh, the flashback, oh, right? Kid again. <laughs> And my, my kid was just had this grin ear to ear like that. And then I'm like trying to pull him away because I'm like, I have to go do a show, buddy. He's like, oh. And he opened up the big pamphlet thing with all the everybody's pictures in it. Right. And he's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a podcast over in the, in the small room. My I mean, I'm not. indie. <laughs> this is a, my uh, a not little radio, here. buddy. So. I made the mis- I showed. I don't know. My wife and I have different. Then uh, uh, us turn into a parenting podcast. <laughs> my wife and I have a different. Like I want to show my kid Star Wars. He's five. She's like, uh, we should wait till it's seven. Why? Right? So I'm like, why seven? That's just a number. But I saw it at seven. So I'm like, I can do with that. Yeah. So, but we'll might compromise on six. We're still discussing. But I wait. Make which them- which Star Wars are you going to show him? The New Hope. The original. Okay. You're going to go. 
original prequels then? You know, it's funny you say that. How are you going to plan it out? <laughs> See, are I'm you gonna... trying to figure out how to keep the secret away from him, of, of the father. Yeah, so you can't I... do it. See, I... it's, it's hard to do. I tried to do it. You couldn't do yeah? it. Yeah, all right. See, now, because th- this is interesting, because I'm, as an older person, uh, I'm definitely, you know, you watch Star Wars first. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ain't no such thing as New Hope. It's called Star Wars. It's <laughs> no episode. It was just Did Star you watch Wars. Empire Strikes Back? Yeah. Then maybe late in the night you watch the third one, right. um, <laughs> mostly for marketing with purposes. With teddy bears, and I saw a bunch know, of them walking around earlier. Yeah, but but the, but then I had a, a family come up to my table today, and they have like a nine-year-old, and they said they showed their kid everything from the beginning, and they described how um, Revenge of the Sith hit a kid who hasn't watched the original trilogy. Interesting. Oh, interesting. And I'm like, oh, that would actually make it a much better movie. Like, if you're not, you know, watching something that's playing up to an end, like, right? Yeah, Darth's turn in Jedi would mean a lot more to the kid who saw it from Episode One, right? All the way, you'd lose the impact of the "I'm your father" and Empire Strikes Back. But I think overall, you would right. gain so much more watching oh, the entire arc of Anakin. Well, I mean, I think the prequel trilogy would be a lot better. Had the second trilogy, if you hadn't, if you didn't know about the second trilogy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be remiss if we it. didn't nerd out on my podcast today. <laughs> not being here. I think I feel like I'd miss something not being here. But he's a big Star Wars fan. Oh, the reason I bring that up is because so we're still debating on when to show it to him. I made the mistake of showing my kid Animaniacs a little too early. Oh, I think did did what what three? Uh, yeah, showed him about three. Was it a little too much? No, he well, it's all '90s it. references, so we don't get eighty percent of the joke. He's a cartoon. He was three. It yeah. was talking mice, animal creatures. You yeah. know, you know, whatever they are. Narf. Right. But uh, I knew I made the mistake when uh, uh, I took him to preschool, and his principal said, oh. "Good morning, Frank," and he went, "Hello, nurse." Yeah. <laughs> Hello, nurse. <laughs> like, all right, maybe we'll. Tone down the Animaniacs and don't do that to mom. <laughs> right. Yeah, see, that, that's, that's been my whole thing. Because, like, I'm now at the point, almost at the point where, like, my oldest, the, the seal is off. Mm-hmm. Like, we went and watched something R-rated together. Okay. You know, like, he's old enough to know what the curse words are and when not to use them. You know? Okay. Um, but there was a real long period of time where I pushed back, especially since he had a younger sister, is like, no, we're not watching something that's inappropriate for her. Sure. And he, like, at about 13, I knew we had hit a wall because he said, all right, I'm not going to watch. like, wait, my kid who goes to the hippie school turned down a chance to watch TV? Right, I know. <laughs> wow. I'm tired of you censoring me, Dad. Right, right. I'm like, okay, I guess we're, we're at that point. But I kept pushing things off, you know, because my thing is you have... 60 plus years to be an adult, mm-hmm. you know, childhood has, is yeah. finite, Yeah, you know, and there, I mean, granted, this is, I'm somebody who's, my mother took me to see Taxi Driver at eight. <laughs> so, so that's what there happened. are things that's you can't unsee. Right, right. Yeah. Once a bell is rung, it, is, it can't be unrung. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. and once the concept of fellatio is entered into your l- tiny world, <laughs> sorry, it's a whole new world, uh, <laughs> you can't take it out. Yeah. And, and there are things that, you know, the kids just aren't ready to process. So my, my thing is always, like, push it as far down the road as possible. Right. But then again, there's the internet, so. See, I had, I had I, my kid, like, 
I was on the road, and about two years ago, he was six when it happened. This is a road stories podcast, by the way. So I, I, throw, I, throw a road, I, I throw a road thing in. Okay, so I'm on the road. The parenting nerdy Star Wars podcast. In Tucson, and my wife's like, he really wants to come in because he'd sit in the green room and he'd hear the laughing. He's like, she really wants to come in and see what you're doing. So the late show, he came in and he sat in the back of the room, and I did my entire 45, 50 minute. I didn't edit anything. Right, right. And I'm not a super dirty comic, but there's... But you're I, still... It's, you're doing comedy in a yeah, club. I'm yeah. doing comedy in a club, and I, there are situations I'm talking about and stuff, and he's laughing the whole time. He's got his hand over his mouth <laughs> like this, and he's just... He's enjoying it, and then like I'm seeing the... And he wants to go up on stage after I'm done. Right. The crowd clears out, and he gets on stage. He's talking on the mic. And <laughs> he knows, and, and I'm like, hey, buddy, did you like the show? And he's like, yeah, my wife's trying to explain him. Okay, you can't say those words right, right. around other people, especially grandma. <laughs> <laughs> and... uh so I'm like, everybody, what's your favorite joke? He's like, I like the penis joke. Because I have this joke about penis. But penis. Um, right. But it was just like, I, I felt weird about it at the time, but like he processed it and he knew what he couldn't say and what he was allowed to mm. say. And, I, and I've always been weird about trying to not have him say words because I'm a comic and I believe in like you right. should, it's words. words. Are, there's no such thing it's as It's only the words. power you give those words. Right. Right. And so I'm like, you can say these words, buddy, but, and I'm not going to, I hope you don't, I don't want you to say them around the house, but I'm not going to mad at you if you do. Right. But if you say them at school, you're other people, you're going to get in trouble with other people. Right, right. So you have to, and so he's learned to censor himself and he doesn't go around cussing, but I've given, I've taken, I've taken the power away from it. Exactly. So he doesn't do it. Right. Except yeah. one time he was, <laughs> one time we're driving, there was a, he hates the movie Frozen <laughs> and we're driving by. And there's a billboard for Frozen, the, mm -hmm. the Frozen, the live show at Disneyland. It was, it was down in Hollywood. It said Frozen. And he's like, Daddy, don't get mad at me. And I'm like, I know what's coming. Because every time he says, don't get mad at me, he's asking permission to say the bad word. <laughs> don't get mad at me. But wouldn't it be funny if Frozen was called fucking? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and I just start laughing. Like, and I'm like, that's that probably already a movie, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably already a movie. But with an E-N. I like e that. So, but yeah, it's just that, that is funny. But he's been given the. I took the power away, and right. he doesn't no. go around doing it. And he Absolutely. never does it at school. Because I'm I'm totally the same way. Because like my thing was like I I I hated the idea of telling kids that there are bad words. Yeah. Because yeah. when my kids were in preschool, there was a big thing of like you can't say the s word. It's stupid. You can't say stupid. yes. You can't like, say stupid because there is no context in which a child right. will use that word that's not hurtful to someone else. Like they're kids. Yeah. They yeah. can be hurtful with anything. Yeah. You're a cop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, stop it. He called me a cop. Like, kids are, are by nature cruel. It's the power you give the word. Exactly. But, but it was yeah, stupid. But, it, but it's like your thing, Murray. It's like the only reason I held on to it was because I didn't want to be the parent who had to have that meeting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like your, t your kid was, you know, Patient zero right. in F word in the F word plague that has hit you know our kindergarten class. <laughs> you know, so I waited until he was old yeah. enough to understand the context, yeah. like you're saying. It's like you know how Mama drinks coffee and you can't. Yeah, same thing. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a good analogy. You know, that's so. Smart. But yeah, you, you take the taboo away from it. I think it lessens their will to want to do it as much. Right. Well, because yeah, if they think at, that, if at all. that it scares yeah. you, or it's like, don't you dare say that word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, because then there's like. I mean, because a lot of times, kids, there's no distinction between good attention and bad attention. <laughs> yeah. I just want daddy to look at me. <laughs> kids are reality stars. <laughs> kids want to be reality yeah. stars. Right, exactly. That's, That's why. Well, that Kardashian impulse, it's, it's a, there's a section of the brain called yeah. the, uh, the, Kardashian, <laughs> the Kardashian node. The Kardashian oblongata. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think if my parents kind of like took the power out of 
swearing and drinking and doing drugs and all that stuff. My dad was a preacher, so oh. it was really, I mean, that's So all they that's, really just powered up that no, taboo, it, right? Oh. <laughs> just, I don't know what that move is. That's, but, the, uh, that's the taboo the taboo charger. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so I went that route. So I went way dirtier. <laughs> taboo charger. <laughs> now, do you miss performing live at all? Much? No, because um, I get to do it. Uh, we're doing a show. That's my transition back to the show voice. Did, exactly. Show I like that. Like that. Okay. No, because I still get to do improv. Um, oh, do you? Uh, my buddy Jordan Black uh, created a show called The Black Version. Okay. Um, actually, we're doing it Monday at the Groundlings, and, August oh. 28th. Um, and it's an all-black cast of improvisers. We uh, Improvisers. And I uh, speak well. Um, and uh, we take a suggestion from the audience of a classic or iconic movie. And then we improvise the quote unquote black version of it. I'm uncomfortable. I used to yes. edit, I used to edit some of the videos he did for those. Oh, did you? Yeah, a long time ago. We used to have the same. Yeah, manager. that's right. Because he started out doing it like the video. Online I used to stuff. edit those yeah. online. Oh, yeah. so I was funny. the editor for those. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they're gone. Some, I'm a tor- I'm a terrible editor, so he probably just pulled them all. No, no, <laughs> no they're good. So. But so I, you know, we get to do that like. Um, once or twice a month. Oh, awesome. I didn't yeah, realize that. I'll have to come down and check it out. Yeah. Stephanie Courtney has asked me to do the crazy Uncle Joe show. Yeah, you have to come. But I haven't been able to. I know, because you have a kid. Do it. No. And my wife is out of town till February. Oh, geez. I'm sorry my listeners have heard this. And it's been two weeks, and I'm already going. <laughs> She's going until February. Now you're you're complaining now. Yeah, it's been oh, two you're weeks. Screwed. It's been two wow. Weeks. How do you think I? Hey, you want to come up to 116 degrees? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> get away from a five year old who started kindergarten this week. It's been. Oh it's wow. Been so you so, get is that a half day off the kindergarten? That's a half, he goes to like two and then oh, for the dude. rest of the day. And that's we, just enough to. That's just like a little taste. Yeah, it's, it's not like, enough. Oh, I can shower and I. Oh, no, I can't. That's yeah. it. It's not enough to do anything. Nope. It is. It's just enough to get. And if you like to nap like I do, oh, it's not even good. You probably have to I go. run. All right. Well, Phil, uh, thank you so much for no, coming thanks by. For having I me, appreciate right? it. I'm so, I got to do something, and then I got to bolt. I got a show tonight, so I won't be able to see oh, it's uh, the thing. Tell, tell us real quick what you're doing so they can go see. Yes. Um, I'm headed over to the main stage. We're doing um, Talking it's much tunes. smaller than this. Much smaller, stage, crowd. smaller crowd. Doesn't crowd does yeah. not sound as loud. Oh, is this where you guys are doing the movie? Yeah, we're reading, doing a reading of the script to Back to the Future, but it's a bunch of uh, yeah, wacko mention. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but we're gonna read it in like cartoon and character and impression voices that we all do. Oh, awesome! So like, yeah, we did it uh, a couple of years ago. We did Empire Strikes Back. Oh, cool! And Jim Cummings was there, and he did uh, Darth Vader in the voice of Winnie the Pooh. Oh my god. <laughs> Awesome. Which works surprisingly well. <laughs> it's probably I way find, creepier. I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> you know? It was great. <laughs> so, yes, well, I'm going to run away. Nice to meet you. Here, I'll actually stay for Cheryl's yes, show. Stay, I'm sorry. I'll be quiet. All right, All good right. to see you, Phil. See you I'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Phil Lamar, everybody. I think that's perfect timing. because Your battery's running low on your laptop. That's why I think that's perfect timing. <laughs> The whole universe wants to wrap this up. Yeah, I think that somebody said something to get us out of here. i got to put this charge in. Um, so, yeah, so listen, this is uh, it's called the Road Stories Podcast, and I have stand-ups on. Uh, we talk about the crazy shit that happens on the road. I swear it's not as much parenting as it was today. <laughs> but I honestly haven't seen Phil in like five years, so it was nice to catch up with him. And thank you again, Phil Lamar, for, for taking – you probably walked away from his fucking money table to do this. Well, have you seen the line for SpongeBob? SpongeBob's taking all the yeah, money. Yeah, that's why SpongeBob didn't come. Yeah, SpongeBob. SpongeBob, SpongeBob was supposed Bob. to come here too. Everyone else like, is like, I wish I was SpongeBob right now. Right. So uh, Tom Kenny didn't make it, but uh, he's going to be on the show soon uh, back at the studio. Uh, so this is the Road Stories podcast. If you like stand up comedy, uh, check it out. All your favorite comics have been on it because I've been doing it a long time. So I want to thank Eddie Pence. Thanks for having me. Coming down. Thank you guys. 
Check Thank out you. Eddie. Uh, wherever you have comedy club, Eddie's probably going to be yeah, there. Yeah, just and, Google uh, Eddie Pence. And I wanted to talk about the... I didn't get a chance to talk about April Foolishness with you, oh. which I wanted to talk we'll about. We'll talk about it next time. Okay. And It'll be four years old at that point. All right. I, I thought it was this year. That was two. You 2015. Get, you got to get better credits, dude. Uh, I was just on Punchline. <laughs> Are you I'm supposed to do that next season? Oh, yes. Anyway, so it's a Road Stories podcast. Uh, I am Murray Valeriano. You can check out, uh, you can get it at roadstories.tv or on All Things Comedy Network. If you're a comedy fan, that's where a lot of great podcasts are. Bill Burrs and Comedy Film Nerds and Felipe Esperanza and all those guys. Uh, so thanks for coming. Grab a card if you want. Keep in touch. I return every email. EddiePence.com. Yeah. EddiePence.com. Follow me on Twitter at EddiePence. Instagram at EddiePence. All, all EddiePence. Excellent. Um, and then I'm at Murray V on Twitter. Murray Valeriano Comedy on Facebook. And at Murray V on Twitter. And I bought my kid a cat Totoro bus today. I don't, I don't know what that is. Anyone? Totoro? Cat bus. Cat bus. Cat bus. Yeah, so I got him that. So... I'm stoked to give that to him. And thank you, Cheryl. I'll Google Jones, it. check out her podcast uh, for helping me get over here. And uh, uh, Phil Vecchio, um, thank you so much for having us at uh, uh, Palm Springs Comic Con. And uh, as always, guys, thanks for listening. Thank you guys for sitting around. I appreciate it. Thank you. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns And fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs Blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette Drunks in the front, making out for your set And middle acts doing blow more, missing merch Drive the rental car past another mega church And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone One big law and order marathon